thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. So many millions and millions of angels and hosts. They worshipped the Lamb. And they proclaimed His supremacy. His authority and His power, His ability to get the scroll and break His seals. Hallelujah. And so you can easily tell that the scroll has the prophetic timeline of the church or of heaven if you will the prophetic timeline of the church and so this is what we are beginning the journey on this is the message for which we came today and with the message of the seals and this is the most critical part of this message that has a far reaching bearing on everything you see on your screens, on TVs, on here on your radios, newspapers, happening upon the face of the earth today. And so he says here that he watched. I watched as the lamb opened the seal. So you see that now he's saying that the lion of the tribe has triumphed, the tribe of Judah, the root of David. But when it comes to the breaking of the seals, it is the lamb. You remember at Utawala when once I said, that uh, the authority of the Lamb, that when we were celebrating that uh, that uh, the king, the lion, the symbol of the king, the, the king was our God and he's coming. So he's coming with an iron scepter to strike the heads of the blackmailers. We'll show him, Lord, it was that one, this one here. Then you go and strike him. That's what we're celebrating. That our God is coming for retribution. But then I told you that be careful now. Because the authority by which the Messiah defeated Satan was the Lamb. As the Lamb. Submission. Obedience. And he was teaching a lesson to the church. This holy living in submission and obedience has greater power in overcoming the devil. And so here too now, while the lion of the tribe has triumphed, the tribe of Judah, now it is the lamb that is breaking the seals. Are we together? So he says, I watched and looked again. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! In other words, come here. The other versions say, come here. I looked and there before me was a white horse. His rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. And I said, this is amazing because you have a rider here who is on top of a white horse. A white horse. And white is the symbol of purity. We all know, right? Purity, righteousness, holy. And he's coming out and he has a crown. He has a crown. And then at the same time he has a bow and he's coming for conquest. He's going to battle. He's going to win. to conquer. So they say he rode out as a conqueror determined to conquer, to win, to take victory. So, the lamb breaks the first seal. 
the first living creature comes, after the first, this event happened right in front of me, after the first living creature came spoke with me, and then he went and released this white horseman. But who is this? That was the question we arrived at last time. Who is this one in the white horse? Seated on the white horse, mounted the white horse, and is riding out to conquer. He has a bow, meaning he can ward off. He goes to fight, but he will conquer, he says, at, under all circumstances, right? So the book of Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. It says the following, from verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse. You remember I have seen this white horse? This particular one I've seen inside heaven. Okay, I've seen both, but I'm talking about this particular one. Let me read first so you understand it. Again, Revelation 19, I'm reading verse 11. If you don't mind, uh, Senior Council, State Council, my daughter Joyce. I saw, I, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and his head, on his head are many crowns. The other one has one crown. And he says, he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven are following him, riding on white horses dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which he strikes down the nations. Meaning, judging the nations. Are we together? He said, he will rule uh, them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. Ah, he carries the anger of God. Eh? Right? He's given the instruments of anger. Right? Of God Almighty. Verse 16 he says, On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You understand? So after that you see the war that he wages. So who is then in chapter 6? Revelation chapter 6, the rider of the white horse. The rider of the white horse you see in Revelation chapter 6. His name is Deception. Deception. I don't know how to put it in Swahili. Is it Udanganyifu or Mawongo? Udanganyifu. 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 Deception. And this is when now the Bible becomes intricate. You understand? A bit sophisticated. Because you would ask, why then would the Lamb send such a person to the church? Right? Why would the Lamb... Because you see, the Lamb breaks the seal to send him. This event has taken place at the throne. He breaks the seal and then he sends the creature that's like the lion and he comes. He has this conversation. In fact, I can give more detail if you want. And yeah, so, so so he comes before he goes to release the horseman. Yeah, so let's leave it at there. But he's, at one point he stands on his two hind feet and then he back. Hmm? The 
this event. And he says, he's dressed in white to symbolize purity and righteousness because he wants you to believe him, right? If he was dressed in black, nobody would go to him, right? So he wants to come deceptively, right? Cunning, shrewd, and name it, right? Let us read the book of Matthew first. Matthew 24, so we understand what Jesus said in Matthew 24 regarding this very horseman, right? Matthew chapter 24. Verses 4 to 5. He says, Jesus answered, Watch out. Remember this time they were asking him, Lord, what will be the signs of your coming? How will we know that your coming is near? You are about to come. Then when he opened his breath to answer them in verse 4, look at what he said. The biggest secret, right? He said the following. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And then after that he talks about another seal. So the, the seals in the book of Revelation chapter 6 correspond to the events Jesus lined up in the book of Matthew 24. So now the first sign he gives to them is that deception to the point that somebody will come and claim he is the Messiah. And you know, it's amazing. I don't have time for all this, but let me just open this up for you. It's amazing because deception of the world that I understand, but the deception to the extent you come to the church, those that really knew his voice, the Messiah, they hear. You know, when you know somebody, you know them to the extent that when you just hear their voice on the phone or knock at the door, you know, that is so and so. So they knew him that much. So deception to the world, that I understand. But deception to the extent to the people he was talking to, that is the church. Those are the, the disciples seated, seated on the rock on the Mount of Olives. And they are all seated at his feet, taking his counsel. And then it says, watch out. In fact, the Bible says they approached him privately. They approached him privately. Bible says they approached him privately. You know where that story began from? When he had finished, he had finished ministering to them and was leaving the temple towards the Mount of Olive to recess for a sabbatical that heaven may minister to him. He had that routine, that cycle, whereby after ministering, he withdrew from the public, that the Holy Spirit, the Father may minister him, renourish him. So as he was walking away, then the disciples came to him and they were showing him the magnificence of the architecture of this house. That's where that conversation came from, right? We are all there. I have taught the prophecy of the release of the four apocalyptic horsemen, so you know these things. 
But that's where this conversation was generated from. And so, then he told him, no, this house in its, in its magnificence, what you call magnificence and splendor and stern and stature, it must be brought down. A time is coming when it will be brought down. Then they quickly understood that he was talking about the return of the Messiah and the end of the age. You understand? So that's how they were prompted to ask, Lord, but what would be the signs of your return then? What would be the sign of the rapture, in other words, and on, of the end of the age there too? So when he began to answer them privately, he was really talking to the church, apostles, disciples. That is the church. So I was saying that watch out that no one deceives you because many will come saying, I am the Messiah and deceive many. You are telling the church, if you are saying you deceive the world, that I could understand. But to deceive to the extent that you will deceive the church, that was where I had some issues with. That inside the church, so, so listen to me very well here. So there's so much into that. And I've told you, as we're going to see very briefly now, that this deception you see in the church today, the falsehood, the lie you see as apostasy, false prophets, false apostles, false teachers, it's about to be elevated. And that's why if you're asking for the message of the coronavirus, that is where I'm going to center it today. Because today I want to focus a little deeper on the Antichrist and the dispensation of the great tribulation that you are well knowledged so that you make an informed decision as to where you want to spend your eternity, right? Or the dispensation beyond this one, right? But I'm saying that this, this deception here, this lying, so you see, do what, this thing they're doing, it's about to be escalated by events I'm going to read about here. To the extent that people in the church will worship another Messiah. That's why I said the fact that he was addressing the church struck my heart. How can you deceive until you deceive the church that you are the Messiah? We are going to come to that, the Antichrist. Of course. Hallelujah. We are going to talk this today. If you give me time. In Swahili, they say, Mukinikubalia. Okay. Okay, that's good. Then I'll continue. Then, then he says, very powerful. Hmm? He says, watch out. That, verse 4, he says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And then after that, beyond there I cannot read because it, that's another seal. The wars and rumors of wars. So now, pure white. Again, look. Because now this is deception as I've said. Because I've read the bona fide owner of the white horse of God. Today I didn't describe to you that prophecy when, the, when I was talking about the glorious golden wedding rings. I also talked about the second part of that prophecy, the white glorious horse that ran around heaven and was neighing, neighing. I've gone all over the world giving the sound. The big horse and the glory of the Lord was on top of the horse and I knew that, wow, it has a dual message. A dichotomy of a message. Number one, the time he's about to be released. Number two, then the quality of your salvation. What should, what, how ought you to live? 
Are we not there? And so now, this is amazing because he's saying the church is going to be deceived. The church will worship another Messiah. Is that thinkable? But he's saying it is going to be possible. It's going to take place. Already, deception is here. Uh, let, let me go step by step, please, okay? Let, let me do that, right? He says, the pure white. Of course, now, this deception here, this horse that is not the Messiah, let's, let's look at some of the instruments he's coming with. He has a bow. He has a crown. And uh, he's on a white horse. He's coming for conquest. The bow is a symbol of authority. The crown, that means a world leader. Because it's deception. He could never be a leader in heaven. Not at all. Can only be a world leader down there, right? Are we together? And so this one is the Antichrist. So when the Lamb breaks, it's also amazing that Jesus is the one that sends the Antichrist to the church. It's quite amazing so much. It's really almost the levels of disturbing. But I will explain to you why he sends the Antichrist to the nations and to the church. Hallelujah. Oh yes. And he says, white, symbol of purity, in order to deceive. He has a bow, he has no arrows. That means when he's coming, there is a way, and he said, he will take victory. So that means there is a way he's going to achieve victory. And if you asked me, I would say that he is still very sharp. The Messiah, we've seen in Revelation 19, coming to take victory, out of his mouth comes a sword, sharp one. So this one, out of his mouth, some shrewdness, cunning, sly, deceptive, and what? And he is coming to a generation that loves so much to hear sensational things. Oh, we have done this year. Oh, the scribbles work, whatever. Eh? So it's good sitting, good, this good soil, whatever. They just do something or they preach something and they say, wow, let us sow in this soil when it's still fertile, whatever. And you find people running. Or they say, buy this bottle of oil and go use it in the shower, wash that crippled walk or whatever. They say things. So he's coming to a generation that is gullible, that is vulnerable, susceptible. So he's really going to take victory without firing one shot. Without firing one shot. You enter with a bow and people fear. He might hurt. Huh? You enter somewhere even with a plastic gun. Huh? Huh? Let, let's, let's first read. Let's get out of those things. Usiku sanane. Na umesimama tukua kona kwa giza. Please. I, I want to preach this gospel. Can you stop this? Please. <laughs> no. He's going to achieve it. Because there are people who are eh, miedo, I mean in Spanish that's fear, who are caught up in that stance, that position. So the pure white stands for purity. Stands for purity. We are now dealing with the opening of the first seal. 
And the white horse therefore stands for purity. Do you remember the moon is swathed with blood and the horsemen released? Those horsemen are different. They were white. Actually, they were white glorious horses. I will get the book of Zechariah and you will understand who they are. Those are the four glorious gospels to the four ends of the earth. Is open? <laughs> no, no, please. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you indeed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hmm? Pure white, that is purity. That he comes with this deception of Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 to 2. And he says, White horse stands for purity again, the mission of purity. The bow is his authority. The crown means the following. He has claimed, he's claiming majesty. He's claiming reignship. He's claiming rulership. He's claiming dominion. He's claiming authority. He's claiming uh, territory. Majesty. The, the, the crown. That's his claim to a reign, to a kingdom, to a dominion, to a rulership, to, authority, to majesty. Say, I have majesty, meaning I have my territory. So he's coming and claiming people also in that jurisdiction. Hallelujah. Claiming authority, the, the crown, claim to majesty, claim to dominion, claim to power. And the crown means he's a world leader. He's a leader. He says, I am a leader. I am a ruler. I have come to rule. And he has no arrows yet claiming victory. Why? Because he's crafted in a special way with as a master of intrigue, shrewd, cunning, deceptive and sly, really sly. And he comes as a conqueror bent on conquest, meaning he is assured of victory. The population is going to, the generation is going to assures him of victory. He can be sure he's going to win big. And if you look at the earth the way it is, he is really I'm going to read for you in a moment, please, okay? I'll soon go to Revelation chapter thirteen. Don't worry. You will see how the whole world must worship him. Whole. The reason these two prophets begin a fight against the world. The reason why they, they strike with. I'm going to give the reason why the, the virus is here. The reason they strike with the virus. Because the whole world later in the coming dispensation worships Satan. It is so painful that the Messiah resurrected and they were not able to, the whole world was not able to worship him. But this beast we are going to see shortly resurrects fatality, fatal wound, meaning died from it. From the sea. The sea means he's a Gentile. The nations. The sea is the nations. We're going to read Revelation 17 verse 15 shortly. Hmm? He's going to come from the nations. He's not Hebrew. But, oh yes, that's how the Gentiles will trample the holy place. So, but... Listen to this now. He comes huh, to take victory, to win. And there are people who are willing to listen to him. But you see now, what hurts most is that 
At one point, the whole world does worship the devil through the actions of this. So it, it's that's now the, the jurisdiction of God. Why the lamb breaks the seal? That the Antichrist cannot come until the lamb breaks the seal. The lamb breaks the seal and sends him. It's very shocking. It's very almost painful, right? But I'll, until I get to whom he sends him to, then you'll understand, right? Hallelujah. Don't worry about the meals. They'll come. Can we make progress? And he says, the Antichrist, he comes to oppose Jesus, to oppose Christ. And he is not revealed until the Lamb of God breaks open the first seal. Hallelujah. So now, whom does he send him to? And also, why? Today I'm going to be able to address why he sends him. Not just whom, why he sends him. Do you need water to drink or you're okay? Thank you so much, please, because allow me to do pro- make progress, please. There's food coming, please. Don't worry. I'm live on air, please. Understand, please. <laughs> right? Yes. So, let's first make mileage. Now is when we're making mileage. Yeah. Whom does he send the Antichrist to? The Lamb breaks. Let me read it again for you that we are on the same page. That you are not uh, afraid that you may not have heard it well. Let me just read it again for record, purposes of record. He says, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come here, come. The other version say, Come here. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and it was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. It is the lamb. Whom does he send the Antichrist to? The book of Second Thessalonians. Turn with me there, stepwise. Second Thessalonians. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians chapter two. I'm, I'm going to read quite a lot here because it's also going to it's going it's going to place for you a very important understanding on where is the rapture located. I know the virus is already on, but now you're going to begin to understand on this broader question: Are we going to pass through tribulation or what? Because people are beginning to fear that, right? I will answer that too. He says here, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 3 says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, that is the rapture, we ask you brothers and sisters not to become easily unsettled and alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us. So, so he's saying that a deception has entered, right? Are you following me? Understand? <laughs> so, so yes, yes, yes. He says the following: concerning the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and our being gathered to Him—that is the rapture, the gathering of the saints to Him. When I saw them gathered up, climbing the stairs, going. We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled and alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, uh, 
whether by a prophecy or a word of mouth or a letter, meaning again someone has written a counterfeit letter, forgery, and sent it. That might tell you that somebody has begun working. But I will explain to you that because there is a scripture that says the spirit of Antichrist has already been working. Okay? Don't worry about that. If you give me time today, we can make a mileage. Thank you. And says, I'm sure those on radio say, why can't they give him time? <laughs> yes, those on radio. Yes, so, he's saying, even a forgery, a letter has been forged. Aye. And they says, whether by a prophecy meant, that's when God comes to church, the wrath of the Lamb now bursts open on the earth. So he's saying, that, that please, I know that you, we have talked to you about the rapture, the entry of the church, but be careful now. Don't think, because it may look like we are going through tribulation. So, which means, if that be the case, someone has lied to you that this is a post-tribulation rapture we are talking about. Are we together? Can I repeat this? He's saying, be very careful. That's, if somebody has told you that you already unapitia, that you're already going through it. He's eh? <laughs> saying, be careful now. Because regarding our rapture, our being gathered up to Him in, into heaven, let nobody lie to you that we are already passing through it. Even however bad the virus is, the worst is yet to come. But He's saying, He's simply positioning for them that this rapture will come before the tribulation. That's what he's saying there. Make sure you understand me. It's a bit inside, but I'm pulling it out for you. Are we together? Oh, yes. He's saying that don't, don't, the day of the Lord, if somebody said the day of the Lord has arrived, because they were, probably the church was going through something. Like now, she's going through the virus, the gloom and doom. People are not going out. People are fearing. Children don't go to school. There's no university. There's no going to the train. No going to the malls. No football games. No cricket games. No watching volleyball. Whatever it is you like doing that kept you away from the Lord. Now, these prophets have come to tell you that if you can't listen to us, okay, then you can't do the other things also. Hmm? And it sounds like it can easily bring the earth to its knees. It's not a joke. Because every day, hundreds, thousands are dying and so forth. So did you understand the narrative there? Because as, I, as I'm on the way to show you who it is, he sends the deception. He sends the Antichrist too. There are some important points I meet there that should enlighten you, Father, on the conversation the Lord was having with the church and instructing them not to worry. Our rapture, your rapture, is pre-tribulation because the church is not meant or created for wrath. I'm going to soon read for you First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. That spells out very clearly. Even the book of Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 that I read. That because you've been so faithful to me, I too will keep you away from that moment trial. Moment of trial. The hour of trial that will come upon the earth to test the inhabitants of the earth for the fact that they loved football more than coming to my servant to hear about the Messiah. Hmm? Do you understand? So are we being enlightened better now? So we can postpone the food a bit more? Please, there is food. But please allow me flow. Because now I'm flowing. I'm flowing.
You see that? Hallelujah. Oh yes. So here, as we are targeting those to whom, because hey, for Christ's sake, wow, why would he send such a terrible creature? I mean, being the deception. So no, there are some people. There are some people that need that. Are we together? Oh, this is very beautiful tonight. Can I move on? Again, he said, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Meaning, you're already going through things. And somebody may have told you that, nah, that's it. The tribulation has come. So we are going through it. He said, no. So which means that would place the rapture after the tribulation then. Are, are we together, please? Uh, Dr. you're following, right? Yes, you're very powerful. Thank you. Hallelujah. He goes on to say the following then in that very sweet gospel that we have entered into. Beautiful gospel. Then he says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed for destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything called God and is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. I want you to understand this. I know some people may say something else. Thank you very much. That's enough. Thank you. And Jackie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is very powerful what I read. I don't want any disturbance again. He's saying a very powerful statement here. And let me just read it again because of this. Okay, he says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction by who? By the Lord Jesus and eventually the lake of fire. You are aware, right? Revelation 19 verse 19 and 20 to 21. He says, he will oppose and exalt himself over everything called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. I want to be different from other people the way they look at this. Because other people might think that over everything called God, meaning he will exalt himself over the God, the, the, the God of Israel, the Hindu God, the Muslim God. For me, I don't consider the other gods God. Yes, so for me, the issue, the matter of contestation is him and Jehovah. Him and Jesus. You understand? I don't want to exalt the other gods to the extent that now you're equal. That can be another level of equalization. Recalibrating gods. No, 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 no. I'm simply talking about Jehovah. So he's saying a rebellion has to occur. A rebellion has to occur. That's when now he'll be revealed. And he's saying the lawless one is coming. And he's saying the things he's doing there He's saying he will come and stop the sacrifice and place himself as God to be worshipped. That has come out very clearly there. So if there is any moment at which now we are beginning to enter the heart of the matter, the heart of the message, this is it. Because now at this place we are beginning now not only to understand whom the, which we are coming to, the Antichrist is going to, is going to be sent to, but also we are seeing the traits of the Antichrist. He really comes to oppose God. 
So, so yeah, because he says he comes to exalt himself and place himself there at the temple, stop the sacrifice to be worshipped. But you might say, oh, but how can I worship such a creature, such a, a being? So no. It is going to happen. Some pe- if, that's why it's important you listen to this, that you may not be in that time, whatever the tribulations that will accrue to the people in that tribulation, or in the great tribulation, whatever the tribulations that will touch their lives to cause them to bulge, that you may not be there. Because he's saying that our Lord Jesus then, when he looked at the world, he came to save. And he gave a prognosis, or he gave, he gave a projection about the world. He instead said, it is tragedy ahead, right? He didn't say anything good ahead, that there would be tragedy. And if I understand right, already I'm beginning, give, beginning to give the message of the coronavirus before we reach the fourth seal. He's saying that the way he created man by your nature, the way, the nature, nature, I'm not talking about nature, nature, the way he created you inherently, he created you with the capacity to understand. No, let, let me stop here. For example, right now, they are saying, the, travel, the airlines are saying they are running into losses because people have refused to fly. So you see that? So in your nature, the way he created you, he created you in such a way that you have the capacity, propensity, and ability to detect danger and to know that this thing is not good for me, it animaliza. Let me run back, let me run in the opposite direction. This thing is going to finish me. Let, so you have that capacity to evade danger. So he's saying, if that is the nature by which he created man, you, the church, then if you just see what is happening in the coronavirus, and you're being told that our head is bad, Jesus didn't say our head is good. He said our head is bad, even the worship will be bad. Then why don't you use those instincts that he put in you to evade, to avoid? To simply take the message that does give you the escape route. How to escape? So that you may now evade it. Not be found there. Because he said by nature. That's how he created you. When they see a snake, they run away. When they see fire, they see, uh, they see people fighting in the streets with knives, they run away. Eh? Gang fighting, they take another route. So now we are seeing that our head is bad. Jesus already said our head is bad. He never said our head is good. Never. He said tragedy. The earth will be in tragedy. There will be a calamity on the earth. You can tell from the prophecies these two give. So then use your instincts, your spiritual instincts, even physical, to, to direct the spiritual, the spiritual director physical, that you may avoid going, running head on into this thing. Did you understand now? Is a Tory with us on board? Are you beginning to pick it pieces here and there? Yes, yeah. Because say no. You can avoid the, the tragedy that is coming. The boils I've talked about. Because sometimes I wonder, the Lord, it looks like he may have to do it in this time a bit just to introduce the prophet, right? Yes. Normally he would do that. Just to introduce. So that now people prepare properly and go. But all these things happening are supposed to make people prepare well. 
Repent and receive Christ. Are we together? And then he goes, so, so we, we are reading on because we are trying to see who are these he sends the Antichrist to. Hallelujah. And he says, Doomed to destruction, he will oppose and exalt, will exalt himself over everything that is called God and is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Meaning he will stop the worship. And there you can see already the abomination of the desolation of Daniel. The setting himself up, removing the sacrifice, and putting himself to be worshipped. And if you go to Revelation chapter 13, where we are going to dwell today, and defining him, then you are going to find that really he comes to establish the worship of the dragon, the worship of Satan. Are we together? Don't worry, you will see this, right? Hallelujah. Then he says, verse 5 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back so that he may not be revealed at the proper time. So so that's okay. He's saying that there is an excellent... Because this letter is being written to Thessaloniki. I've been to Thessaloniki. It's a, it's a city by the Mediterranean of, in, in Greece. I've been to Thessaloniki. So, this letter was being written to Thessalonians in Thessaloniki. They were being told, please, no. The day of the Lord has not come. The day of doom and gloom has not yet arrived. Just prepare. Be steadfast. Don't let somebody lie to you. And then now he's saying that the lawless one will not be revealed until he that holds him back is removed, taken out of the way. Now look at this now. Ah, he that holds him back, taken out of the way. My son, you have a place here. Is this somebody? You have a place here. You. Yes, get out of there. You're so senior. I only said we do this, right? So listen to this now. He's saying that there is one that holds him back. But if this letter is being written to that church at that time, then we have a few thousand years until now. And already then, the one that holds him back, held him back so effectively and excellently. Are we still together? And until today, he's still holding back, holding him back effectively and excellently. Then that means this one holding him back is very excellent and very effective in really holding him back. Because you have not yet seen in your news that he has appeared in such a town. Did you understand? That's what he's saying there. And we know that that is the Holy Spirit. Only he has the jurisdiction and power to hold him back. And so even as he's holding him back, but we have to celebrate the effectiveness and excellence with which he has held him back. With, with which he has held him back, right? So, so that's important that now the church is the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. And if the church is the host, the housing, the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, the habitation, then I understand that when the church is taken away, 
then the holy habitation of the Holy Spirit has been taken away. And then at that time, I can put one and one together to make two. I can tell myself that, oh, then I know now that when the church is raptured, then now the dispensation of the Holy Spirit is running out. Be careful. It's running out. Don't talk about dispensation of the Gentiles. The Gentile dispensation does not end until the Gentiles have trampled the city. I don't want to go that direction now. Until they have trampled the city, the holy place. That's when the Gentile dispensation ends. But I'm talking about the dispensation of this grace here. You know? Are we together? So, I can understand that the rapture takes away the Holy Spirit, the grace. So then he is unleashed. That's why the Lord makes you see in your physical form and just alive this generation. You are able to see this prophet here, these two walking here, operating with extreme tremendous power. Meaning, when the church is taken away with the dispensation of grace, then they will move now with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God, like it used to be in the old days. In the Old Testament, localized unto them to do the mission of God, to testify, to bring the word. And I'll talk to you about the 1,400, well, 144,000 Jews who will also be converted doing ministry. And then an angel that will appear up here that will also pronounce the gospel. If you give me time today, is it given or not? No, you have given with two hands, and he said a very light yes. <laughs> He's saying he has given his whole heart. <laughs> no, because there's so much we need to talk about now. Because it's already beginning to happen on the earth. And he's saying here, very clearly, at this place, that the one that holds him back will continue holding him back until he's taken out of the way. And I know that the one that, that's the Holy Spirit and you are the habitation of the Holy Spirit. At rapture you are taken away. Then the Holy Spirit now lifts off as now the man of lawlessness is revealed. Are we not together? Thank you. Then now we are understanding. Thank you. Now the next is very important. Verse 7. Verse 7 says, for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works, he will use all sorts of display of power through signs and wonders, the fake and false, the self, the lie, and all the ways that the wicked, the wickedness deceives those who are perishing. Do you see the ones he sent them to? Those who are perishing. Then he says, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. You see why he sends him? So that they will believe the lie. And so that they will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Are we together now? So there's a lot here said right there which I need to open up. 
very powerful now. Now we have reached a place where you can see the people he's sending him to. He's sending him to those who refuse the gospel of the cross because the cross is foolishness to the perishing. Those who reject the cross, the truth. Then he sends them, you love the truth, the, the truth, there you go. You can now have, you, no, you, lo- you love lies, there you go. You love the truth, it's as though whatever you ask for now, the Lord will grant it eternally for you. If you love to walk very close with the Lord, He will grant that close walk until you enter heaven, where you will be very close with the Lord there, face to face. And if you love the lie, He says He will send you that delusion. But there is something very important I want to handle here. He says, however, even though the lawless one is not yet revealed, even though the lawless one is yet to be revealed, however, he says, the spirit of lawlessness, the spirit of Antichrist, is, has already been working, has been working already. Has already been working into the scene. And that's what I wanted to handle because there's so much, there's so much information for us. Has already been working. Very powerful. Has already been here. The spirit of Antichrist has already been working on this earth. Even though the Antichrist himself, the person of the Antichrist will not yet be revealed. But however, the spirit of Antichrist has already been working. It would push me to define the Antichrist then. Because he's saying those works that exalt themselves, that fight God and God's people have already been working on the earth. In other words, Right? So there's so much to read. I don't know how far to read. And then I get to... I think let us first of all look at then. Because we've read up to verse 12. The Antichrist. Now, let's focus on him a little bit, right? The Antichrist. Does somebody love to know him? Hey, you love to know him. I love to know Jesus. You are saying you don't want to hear that word in all your life. Eh? Is the word you hate. Is that what you were saying before? <laughs> I think she was saying that I want to know him more. <laughs> no, I don't, want, I don't want him to play around with you, with his intrigues. Once you've known him and then all of a sudden I hear you've been taken away, you've been won. We've seen things happen. Oh yes. So can I now start working on the Antichrist? No, but already saying, before he comes, his spirit has been working on the earth. So I can already stand here and start to lay for you down. Because really, really, in accordance with the design of Satan and everything, lies and wicked, he has set it out there. Then I can start from Genesis. Yes, that when he came to lie to Eve and Adam, that was already him, the spirit that works against the Lord. 
who was already at work on the earth and really succeeded in bringing death and if you talk about achieving victory without one shot oh he really got it because the entire world is gripped by death is messed up by that 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 intrigue and sly and lie and deception the whole earth is caught up into that all generations so if you're talking about winning you could say he really took a big chunk right there and then i could move on where do i move to can i move to the generation during noah's time oh yes you can also narrate these things the generation during noah's time genesis chapter 6 and the lord says that i have seen that the hearts of men are wicked they are inclined to wickedness all the time we can even read it there that there is something just against god that is so strong has been working a spirit anti god anti christ that has been working until the lord had to destroy the entire earth so the spirit of antichrist has really been working i can move on to the tower of babel generation genesis chapter 11 do you remember tower of babel genesis 11 1 to 9 where they just started to rebel against God is a rebellion against God is opposing God it means opposing God rebelling against God are we together rebelling against God rebellion against God but do you understand oh yes the tower of babel generation you can see the spirit of antichrist ikawasumbua sana has disturbed them so much also can i move on one time i told and i think i even published it in one of i don't know whether it's in one of the magazines but i told it quite a bit across the world about antiochus epiphanes and i said this pagan king conquered is in fact now if there is any prototype proper that i can present that i can even say is a forerunner to the antichrist you know he has forerunners as i've just mentioned i can say that this one is a forerunner to the antichrist is called antiochus i taught about this for a long time you you even published it right yes yeah we will publish it antiochus Epiphanes is Antiochus Epiphanes the name Antiochus Epiphanes And so listen to this now Antiochus I think sometimes when you watch me and when I develop eye contact we can really communicate better Antiochus what he did he really stands he presents a better image for you of what the antichrist will do He conquered Israel. There's a whole narrative how he went this way to Cyprus and he came this way then one ship was sent telling him don't attack Egypt go this side and then but anyhow he conquered Israel. He attacked them and overcame them. He conquered them. And if you look at his mission the way he conquered he always conquered by sharp intrigues and deception. He signed a contract with you, a peace treaty with you and then he turned around and attacked you. So really going to the exact scheme we are talking about of the antichrist but just focus on me for a moment 
when he attacked Israel and took over, he was reigning, ruling over Israel. He came from the Syrian side. This way. I don't know whether there's any links with Greek, but he came from Syrian side. Then what he did, he stopped the sacrifice in the temple. Look now. That's really prototyping for running the, the Antichrist. He stopped the sacrifice that was being offered. And when he did stop the sacrifice offered, my chariot, you're focused on me. When he didn't, when he did stop the sacrifice that was being offered, he took a god called Zeus and placed in the temple. And he asked the Israelites to worship that god. So he almost fits letter for letter what the Antichrist will come and do. This Antiochus, Antiochus. Epiphanes. So I, I say it because the Lord releases this deception now to those who reject the truth. Let's open up a bit. Who then is this deception? Who is this Antichrist? And then after that, what does he do in the great tribulation? So in opening up the prototype, the spirit of Antichrist that has been reigning before he himself is revealed. He's already somewhere. Before he's revealed. He said the spirit of Antichrist has been reigning. And that's why I'm giving the examples. I began with the fall Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. Verses 1 to 19 where death came in. Over 14. The, the, the deception. That spirit of opposing God. Hmm, reigning on the earth here. And then I went straight away to, to, uh, to Noah's generation. Noah's generation that really just opposed God until the wickedness was unbearable. God had to, con to, to stop and say, I cannot contend with men anymore. And smashed, he killed the entire earth and left only Noah and his family. Then I came to the Tower of Babel generation. Tower of Babel generation. And then when I came to the Tower of Babel generation, then I said, just a moment, can we not look at also this Antiochus, Epiphanes, the one, I, we, we have an article published on that many years ago. When he came and conquered Israel and he stopped the sacrifice in the temple and he took a God called Zeus and he planted on the temple and he told the Israelites to worship and he began to incorporate practices of occult. For example, the Olympic Games, the, 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 now the young people are supposed to do Olympics nude, totally nude, so you can imagine in Israel, in the promised land. He was defiling the land. And he stopped the sacrifice. That's why Maccabee, in that article we have the Maccabee. We have the Maccabee in that article. The Maccabee, the dare to light. When the miracle took place, what really made the Israelites do a, a mutiny, a rebellion against him, is when finally he came and slaughtered a pig inside the temple and told them to eat. Then they said no. They began to fight because he used to be so powerful. So they, then they won. God helped them. And that's why we have the Hanukkah celebrations today. Because when they went to check in the drawers, they found some left oil that was left there. And they used it to light the light in the temple again. And that's why the miracle of Hanukkah is celebrated. Are we together now? But the fact that he comes into the temple and removes the worship and supplants another god, an idol, 
really makes this aunt your curse epiphanies to, to, to be the forerunner of Antichrist anyway. To do the things the Antichrist will come and do. Because he said the spirit of Antichrist has already been here. That is the spirit that's against Christ, against the Lord, and against God's people. But can I move forward? How about Hitler? Who was against God's people? The same demonic, satanic spirit that killed more than 6 million Jews. Fighting God's people, God and God's people. Are we now moving together? Do you now understand a little opening up of that space? When he said the spirit of Antichrist is already at work on the earth. Even if the person of Antichrist is yet to be revealed, he's already somewhere. But will be revealed when the church is taken. You can even see how the global crisis distress I, I brought into, into reality by that prophecy of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of 2015, the disease distress, the coronavirus. You can see the airlines are going, the stock markets are crashing, the airlines are going, undergoing losses in their practice, in their, Business, uh, uh, people are not flying, the hotels are going with low occupancies, and then people are not going to stadiums to watch their football matches, to watch their volleyball, their whatever. The malls, excuse me, the malls are almost empty because people fear to go there and touch that rail of the escalator. Everybody touched there with the virus, you know. This kind of distress. And, and schools, people don't go to school where we're in some of these countries, they stay home, no university. And so that level of distress, can you imagine how much more distressful it will be inside the great tribulation to the point that people, that the world will be ripe for the Antichrist to take authority. People long for him, for somebody. But the spirit of Antichrist has been in operation. Look at Hitler. He killed so many of God's people. Because the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit that opposes God and God's people, attacking them, killing them, persecuting them, blackmailing them, slandering them. So can we look further? Hallelujah. He says... Oh, thank you, my son. You've made it, right? Thank you. So, so he's saying, he's saying the following here. He's, he's saying, again, I've mentioned examples, so let me just give you the scripture then, right? Because we've read from Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7, and then Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 to 14, the fall of Adam and Eve, I've mentioned it in passing. And then Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 all the way, verse 5, you see how the earth was full of evil, the spirit of anti-God, opposing God, anti-Christ was so bad until the Lord had to crush the whole earth to, 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 to kill all, to, to inundate them to, to drown them hmm? and remain only with Noah's family, right? That's yet another example of that spirit working on the earth, right? Are we together or not yet? Hallelujah. And that's why I thought I'm flowing tonight. If you give me a little room, we can move further. It will make the meal even more delicious. Yeah, because your stomach will be hungrier. 
your test buds will have disengaged. They're ready for anything new. You remember we are alive, right? So, wickedness in the world, he says, the book of Genesis chapter 6. He said, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and the daughters and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married uh, married any of them, and they, any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with the humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be numbered, will, will be 120 years. The Nephilim, those are now the sons of God, the angels, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children with them, they were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. Oy! And every inclination of their thought and hearts of the humans, again, and every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only but was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So that the Lord said, I wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them, the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Then he says, was a righteous man, blameless, living in right standing with the Lord. So this is a very powerful scripture there. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 to 6. Again talking about this spirit of Antichrist that's already in play on the earth. Has been, has already been, has always been. Are we together? This is very powerful. And then I said Hitler, for example. Then how about ISIS? ISIS, the Islamic State. They were slaughtering Christians and Jews and demolishing churches and what. And they went to Sinchar, that community in Sinchar. They, 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 they took their daughters, they defiled them, they, they, they married them. What? Those were Christians in Iraq. So the spirit of Antichrist is right there again with the ISIS. Are you together now? Al-Qaeda, ISIS, whoever they are. They fight the Lord and God's people. So when he says the spirit of Antichrist is already at play, is already at work, is already on the earth. Wow, now we can see, right? But the person of lawlessness is yet to be revealed at the departure of the church when the vessel, the holy habitation of the Holy Spirit lives and the Holy Spirit lives. Then now he that holds him back all this long will have been taken out of the way and he will be released. But the environment meanwhile is ripening for that. The diseases and all the plague, the locusts and name it, right? Are we together? So Antiochus conquered Israel and desecrated the temple. He introduced, number one, conquered Israel. Number two, desecrated the temple of God. 
Number three, he introduced Zeus, his idol god, in the temple. He stopped the sacrifice and the worship of Jehovah, the daily sacrifice. He slaughtered a pig in the temple and he introduced nudity in the Olympic Games in Jerusalem. I think that if there's anything that's farthest from God that causes even anger is through the things he did. And if he be the forerunner, then you can tell at a grandier scale the Antichrist is coming to stop the daily sacrifice and do things, right? Hallelujah. So then, why? why so we, we have seen whom he sends to. Whom the Lord sends to the Antichrist. Is anybody learning a thing or two? Remember, I bless you all. I love you all as my sons and daughters. I'm happy. I'm very happy. But sometimes when I'm at work, I tend to be a little, you know, not grumpy, but tough. Because I want the church to enter. Hallelujah. But I think I'm overall generous with joy, right? This is a very happy time. That the Lord is now opening up this slowly that we may understand the happenings on the earth, coronavirus, the locusts. We're now beginning to understand because he's now bringing into discussion the Antichrist that when you see all this beginning of birth pains as our title says, then you should know that birth pains proper are coming and who will take reignship there? Already he's a crown, he wants to own rulership. Who will take authority there? And you're beginning to understand that he will take away worship in the little we have seen until now. But can we see how he is called in the Bible? How does the Bible... Am I walking with you properly? Yes. You say, Baba Fanyakazi. <laughs> Janet. <laughs> say, Baba, please Fanyakazi. <laughs> yes, I will do the work, right? Yes, so we've seen whom he sends to those who are perishing who reject the gospel of the cross that's why even the present day church if you find a church that does not embrace the cross in the blood just know that they are susceptible he will send that because they are caught up in the lie of the prosperity gospel as we saw can I just talk a little bit the book of Luke 16 19 remember we saw that this rich man believed that the prosperity he had was actually evidence that God favored him. God was with him and he was going to heaven. Only that when he died, he found that, wow, all that was a lie. And that's why I'm saying those who are in the prosperity gospel, that is a serious warning now. You are susceptible. You are vulnerable to the whims and schemes of this rider of the white horse who is called deception, right? Who is coming to take reignship after the church is taken and you already see the beginning of birth pain. The beginnings of birth pain is starting. The coronavirus is here. The locust is here. Meaning soon, uh, the principles that are involved in that age of tribulation and great tribulation will take charge. And if you want to fall under their authority, under their counsel, then go ahead and slumber in complacency. But if you really know that you love your soul and you care much about the greater future posterity, the larger chunk of your life coming up, which is zillions of years in eternity, then he says, you'd rather make a decision now. Because he says, all the people is walking on the earth today, a day will come 
when they will have in this living here when they die they will spend eternity in one of the two places either in heaven or in hell and that decision is being made right now you can bring pride and pride by the pride is one of those terrible things that will impede you block you from accessing eternity you are proud i'm proud you are proud and yet the lord is saying please prepare things are bad because jesus did not ever promise that the earth had a bright future of this wonderful world he only promised tragedy and calamity and destruction when he talked about the future of the earth are we together and he's saying how does the bible call him let's look at daniel chapter 7 verse 8 are you ready for the word oh what a beautiful day does somebody see that for you or you're only seeing hunger pangs <laughs> yeah a little bit of broma right yeah will not hurt what a wonderful place to be hallelujah Okay, the book of um, Daniel, chapter seven. How is he called then? What? How does the Bible identify him, the Antichrist? The Bible says, "When I was watching, again Daniel chapter seven verse eight. When I was watching, when when I was thinking about the horns." There before me was another horn, a little one. So, so the, if you want the name there, the Bible calls him the little horn. The little horn was another horn, the little one, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn, this little one, had eyes like the eyes of a human being, and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Does somebody remember that? and then he talks about the ancient of days we read but if you go to verse 11 he says then i continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking i kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire lake of fire right and the other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period so it's is talk this is how the daniel calls him the little horn Are we together? Oh yes. Speaking blasphemies and boastful and all that. And then let's look at the book of Daniel chapter 9, still while at Daniel chapter 9, 26:27. How does the Bible call the antichrist? Daniel chapter 9, 26:27. It says the following. Are we ready? 26:27. It says, after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and he will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come. You see that? So the Bible also calls it the coming ruler. Okay? The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end. and the desolations have been decreed he will confirm a covenant with many among them Israel of course 
for one seven. But in the middle of that covenant, of that seven rather, he will put an end to the sacrifice and the offering in the temple. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes the desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out unto him. So you can call him the coming ruler or the coming prince. Are we learning a thing or two? Yes, how does the Bible call him? Now we know that he becomes a major player coming up. And then later, I will also bring you to the actions he does. I think that is the moment you people will say, "Ah, let me receive the Lord now, I don't want him. When we get to the book of Revelation chapter 13, right? Yeah. His actions. It will make you say, I don't want to be in that dispensation. Hallelujah. And then he says, the coming ruler we've seen, right? And then in the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 we saw he's called the man of lawlessness, right? Didn't we see that? And then the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 is called the son of perdition, the son of destruction, right? Are we together? Please follow, just get this, right? Follow me on this. The son of perdition, the son of destruction. Hallelujah. And then uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 13 we bless the Lord, right? Revelation chapter 13 from verse 1 to 10 the dragon stood on the shore of the sea and I I saw a beast coming out of the sea the sea represents nations. You know that. If you read the book of Revelation 17, 15, we're going to read in a moment. Meaning, is a Gentile. It comes from the Gentile nations. Right? Check on the false prophet. Does he come from the Hebrew nation then? Hallelujah. It's important to want to know. Right? So, here in Revelation 13 is called the beast. And you can read on and on. First John chapter 2 verse 18. First John chapter 2 verse 18 he says uh, He says here Dear children this is the last hour as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come already. I've already given you examples like Antiochus, Hitler, who, ISIS. But look at this now. Here, he's called the Antichrist. Are we still together? The Antichrist. First John chapter 2.22 again right there. He says, Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus Christ, denies Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist. So he's also called the liar. First John chapter 4 verses 2 to 3. He says, 
This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Again, Antichrist, right? So that is how he is called. But now can I address one last thing? Why does he send him to them? Why? Because I've directed it to whom? Are we together? Is anybody learning a lesson spoon feeding going on here? Very powerful. Thank you, the senior bishop. This is important at this hour, that the church enriches herself in her knowledge and know and understanding because of the times. Right? Now turn with me now to the book of John chapter 12. Why he sends John chapter 12. Hallelujah. Why he sends, he breaks the seal and sends him to the church, the parish. John chapter 12, you can read on and on, but I'm choosing to read from verse 35 on. With verse 34 he says, for example, The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how come you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Israel was having a problem in identifying the Christ. And they were already dealing with him in manners that are very slanderous, uh, abusive. They were um, denying him rejecting him, defaming him, right? Are we together? So he goes on verse 35, he says, Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you still have the light before darkness takes over. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. When he had finished speaking like this, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Verse 37. Even after Jesus had performed such many miracles in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, the word that said, Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I would heal them. I say this because he was, because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about it. He spoke about him. So what am I trying to say here? If you go 
also to the events at the Last Supper and beyond. And when he is now going, he's winding down. He's winding down his mission on the earth. The Lord Jesus. When he was winding down his mission on the earth, he said, Now they stand condemned, they stand judged. Because they have seen all these miracles that are performed here. And the wonders that accompany them. And he's saying that the light came. He said, take the light. Believe in the light. The light came. And yet they rejected the light. That is the reason he sends the, the Antichrist to them. Deception. Blackmailers, I was about to come to you. That, that, that's what I was gearing at. Because he says, they saw all his miracles. He raised the cripples from the soil. He opened the blind eyes. He opened the deaf ears. He healed leprosy. He resurrected Lazarus and many others. He performed mighty miracles and wonders right into the, in their eyes. But they still rejected him. That's the reason he sends, he sends deception to them. To delude them. That they may now believe the lie. And he's saying, if they had not seen the miracles he had performed, then they, they would not stand judged. But because they have seen, they stand judged. I do you now understand? Step by step, blessed people. So I want to move on now. And talk about this Antichrist and what he does. And I think that will be for tomorrow. So tomorrow I will handle what the Antichrist does in terms of that doing. So what his traits are, what he's known for. That this generation may be aware that if the light is still here, take the light. And if the signs like the locust, the coronavirus, are the beginnings of bad pain, to tell you that soon the light is ending and darkness comes, then accept the light right here. That when the rapture takes place, you go in. I will handle the things he does, the terrible things he does in the other dispensation. May the Lord bless you. Toda shalom.